Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. Glad you could join us in our guest segment. We're joined by my old friend Chris Kitsy. Chris and I go way, way back to the before its news days. And uh, man, that was such a great site and so much fun to participate in and groundbreaking with citizen journalism. Uh, and Chris has moved on to other things. I have too. And, uh, but we've still kept in contact through the years. And Chris has kind of been our go-to guy about China. And he has extensive experience with elements inside of China, such as putting meditators in prison. And uh, wow, I got to tell you, the, the, China might be the most despicable government in the history of the world. They're up there in the top three. But we're going to talk about all this tonight on the Common Sense Show. And again, I wanted to let you know we have some sponsors that make this show possible. They keep the lights on. One is Nova Gold. And going into a crisis that could wreck the economy and turn cash into trash, if you have gold, you have a chance of getting through this because gold has held its value for 6,000 years. Also, Noble Gold will help you convert your investments like IRAs into Noble Gold IRAs, and you too have a good chance there of surviving whatever hit comes. At the end of the day, when people come out of the crisis with their cash that's worth nothing, and you have gold, well, you know the golden rule, he who has the gold will rule. That could be the case here. So give Noble Gold a call. 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347, tell them Dave Hodges told you to call. And one of the things that Chris and I are going to talk about is the need to have lots of storable food. And we feel we have the best storable food company out there, MPS, and uh, we call it preparewithdave.com. That's the website. We're offering both two and four week specials at about 40% off. For both of these, it's a good way to get started cheaply if you haven't done so, and I'd recommend doing it now. There's two-day free delivery involved. Restaurant-quality food, 25-year shelf life. Don't let the grass grow under your feet. You're going to hear the importance of having food. And if you have food, you better have water, and that's our other sponsor, waterwithdave.com, the Alexa Pure Pro Filter. The research is on the site. You'll see compared to the competition, it's much better than the rest, and they, too, are offering a great special at 40% off. And on the fourth or fifth day of a crisis, waterborne illness has become your number one cause of death, according to the Naval War College. Don't let this happen to your family. So we have preparewithdave.com for the food, and we have waterwithdave.com for the water filtration, because you'll find standing water, and you can turn that into drinkable water. Well, as I said, Chris is on the line with us here, coming to us from uh, the People's Republic of California. That's undergoing a healthy revolution with the new California 51st State Movement. And I'm covering their convention at the end of this month. Happy to be going out there, get to rub elbows with Trey Gowdy and stuff. And the good people of California are standing up for their rights. And I'll be glad to be there, part of it. Chris, I don't know how much you're aware of that 51st State Movement, but has that crossed your path very much? Uh, I've run into a few of those people, but it's a lot of them are further north than where I am. I'm in the heart of California here. Um, <laughs> you know, I can literally look out my window at the Golden Gate Bridge, and that's pretty much of an indicator that you're in en enemy territory. Oh, yeah. So it's, um, it's a little rough here. I mean, it's, um, you know, the kind of things that they do to people regularly, um, you know, you'd be shocked. And I mean, people... 50 years ago would think that these people had lost their minds because they basically have lost their minds. Oh, amen to that, my brother. That's yeah, we cover that a lot. Um, but anyway, I don't want to go into much into California because that's away from what we're going to talk about. But the one thing I do know is they're $320 billion in debt 
and the fiddler comes due in April and there could be some major federal intervention. This is what I'm hearing, but that's another topic for another time. I wanted to talk to you about China. We've got this virus that no one can seem to get their handle around. In other words, their arms around this. I mean, what it is, how it spreads, how many generations of mutations, what the transmissibility rate is, what the death rate is. I, every time you look somewhere, Chris, you get a different answer. Well, first of all, the data that everybody's using is being supplied by the communist government in China. They are proven liars. They have murdered, it's been very well documented, they have murdered 80 million of their own citizens. They have been persecuting Falun Gong and, uh, and Christians and Uyghurs. Falun Gong for 20 years, over 20 years now, started in 1999. And, uh, and they still put people in jail for meditating and they still rip out their organs and um, yep, you know, do forced labor. And you, know, you go to Walmart, people go to Walmart and say, oh, I, used to, I was a prisoner in China and I used to make those Christmas tree lights or the Homer Simpson slippers or the Nike handbags. That's all, that's, that's what China has done. now. People who, who lie, you know, that's, my wife said it. She said, liars are the worst. They really are. You know, I can't admit that I have been 100% truthful my entire life. I wish I had, but you know, I try and do the best I can. And I'm, you know, focusing here on just telling people the truth about what's going on in China right now and everything else. But China is a special case because it's run by communists. They have no competition to power. All they want to do is to protect their own powerful position. And so the thing that they have the problem with is the death count. So they ran out of, of test kits. So all of the governments in the world, the World Health Organization and so forth and so on, are all using the Chinese data that's been supplied by the CCP to build their models. Now, what are the models that they look to build? Well, how many people get the infection? That's obviously a lie. They said like eight, 9,000 people. It's got to be hundreds of thousands of people. The thing doubles every few days. So you know that if it's a big number, it's gonna get really big. And China is a big country. There are 1.3 billion people there. Now, when you look at the transmissibility factor, that's called R0, that's the number, that's the uh, variable that they call for how many people, if one person has it, how many people do they spread it to? If your number for R0 is more than one, that means that if it's 1.5, 2.0, that means each person who catches it, two more people get it. So now it keeps growing geometrically and exponentially from that. So the key factor here is to get that, that number down under one, because that means it's gonna start dying out basically. But I can tell you, I, was, I had some information that was shared with me that your, your listeners are probably gonna find somewhat disturbing and maybe far-fetched, but this is a person who has proven to be very reliable in the past, and there's no reason for him to uh, fib on this. He is actually in Thailand. And he said that, you know, basically the way it works is, two years ago, there was a level four research and development biowarfare lab constructed in Wuhan. It's known as Wuhan 34. Global intelligence, I'm reading you from his notes to me. Global intelligence is fully aware of this. Chinese public was told it was a civilian use only R&D lab. 
but the facility is actually a top secret biowarfare agent military lab. Now, these things are outlawed globally, but the way that governments get around uh, these kinds of treaties that they've all signed is that they make a binary weapon, which means that it comes in two components. Each component is relatively harmless until they're mixed together. And once they're mixed together, you know, and the example of this is anybody that you have on your show listening who knows about Big Eye, which was a program that was an, it was a VX binary chemical weapon built by the United States. That's what a binary weapon does. Now, the same concept, he says, is for bioweapons. So each country says they don't have any, anything dangerous. Now, where did this thing come from? So the first thing he told me was it, it went to, it, it came from Canada to Wuhan, and it was pretty well documented that the Chinese had an intelligence operation in Canada. People ended up getting fired because they were caught stealing samples from the Canadian lab and sending them to China. So that was, uh, that was the first thing. The second thing is he said, um, he called it, it was released in December. Now, when something is released, it means that someone did it on purpose. That was his words, released. And uh, what that would be, you know, the timing he thinks is way too suspicious because it's right around the Chinese New Year when everyone's traveling, so it's gonna spread it the most. And uh, the psychological effects on people have been very severe. We'll talk about those a little later when we start talking about how you can get prepared for this. But how does it spread? It spreads, it goes airborne. This is, what's, this is what's different about this compared to say AIDS or something else. So it hitches a ride on, air, on particles and air pollution. People have also said, what about chemtrails? And it can be boosted, it can be literally sprayed on people from the sky at night. Yes. Now during the day, during the day, the UV radiation will kill it. UV radiation is effective against viruses and bacteria. So, but you need a certain amount of UV to destroy it. It's also transmitted from bodily, body fluids, eyes, mouth, nose, talking, sweating, sharing food, um, you know, any kind of intimacy, those kind of things can transmit, the, can transmit the virus, just like any other virus, like a cold or a flu. But he said these words, the transmission rate is double anything seen in the past 200 years. One infected carrier yields 14 more infected. What? Say that again. 14. One infected person yields 14 more infected people. Now, everyone's going to disagree with that. They're going to say, oh, there's no way. I just saw the data. It was four. It wasn't 14. Well, four is still a disaster, by the way. Yes, it is. But, but 14 is a mega disaster. And the problem that we have is that the incubation period for this is, uh, is about 14 days. And people can start transmitting it. They can, uh, you become contagious almost immediately. So within a day or two, you become contagious. You don't know you have it. You're giving it to everybody. And that's why the only real solution here, because there's no vaccine that they're gonna let people have, or there's no, uh, no solution from the hospital point of view, you know, it's just supportive care. So what that means is that the only solution is basically to isolate yourself and not catch it. That's the best thing you can do. Now, 
you know, what is it that's going to, what is it that's going to uh, happen here? He also said, I'll give you a few more points from his thing. Blood types A, AB, and RH negative are most affected. Now, that goes against some of the things that I've seen out there. Some people say, well, it's the ACE2 uh, protein, and that's what this virus is latching onto. Therefore, it's targeting uh, Chinese because Chinese men have like five times more of these. I'm not even going to concern myself with that until we see what happens here in the U.S. because you don't really have a valid comparison. <clears throat> and the U.S. is just getting started. We, the U.S. is where China was in early December. So if you think about this and follow it all the way through, you know, how do you, um, you know, how do you, how do you get this thing to, to slow down? Well, there's only one thing you can do. You can just get out of the way. Now, there is an antidote, he said. The vaccine, and this is a quote, is, of course, for those in a position to acquire it, i.e., not for us, it's for the powers that be. Now, UV can destroy the virus. So, you know, one of the things that I've been ordering are some of those UV lamps, and you can use them. They have portable ones. They're, ultra, they're called UVC, which is the most effective one against uh, virus and bacteria. And basically what you do is you turn the light on, and it's like a wand, and you wave it over a desktop surface or whatever. And if you do it for, I don't know what the timing is, probably a minute or two, uh, it'll kill nearly all of them from that. Now, um, another solution is uh, pool bleach. So in other words, if you have a swimming pool or if you have a swimming pool supply store and you don't happen to have any bleach, you can use the powdered bleach that they use on swimming pools that is very effective. It's, it's an oxidizer. It's cheap, widely available. It's got a long shelf life. So the worst case scenario, let's say this thing turns out to be nothing. Well, you can at least keep it in your pool or it's something that will never go bad. Latex gloves are worthless. You can't use latex gloves. They're porous because they have 100 micron holes and the virus is less than five microns. Now, the surfaces, I've heard varying reports of uh, uh, up to 28 days that the virus can remain viable on a surface. So that means that if that's true, that means that boxes from China that contain things that someone coughed on, it's like that Simpsons uh, video that's making the rounds about the Osaka, the Osaka virus or Osaka flu, <clears throat> and Homer Simpson orders a uh, juicing machine and opens the box and immediately catches the flu. So that's the kind of concept there. Um, and the virus can live in the wild longer in the cold than in warm climates. Although I think what you're going to see is a pattern like SARS where, because this is kind of like son of SARS, it looks to me <clears throat> like we're already seeing, for example, Thailand, um, the State Department has issued a, I think, a level four warning for Thailand. And if you're thinking about traveling to the Far East, you should definitely consider staying home because uh, you could very easily, even if you don't catch it, you could end up in a, uh, uh, in some kind of a, uh, not internment camp, but some kind of a uh, isolation ward under quarantine. Um, and then the other things we can talk about in a little bit are about the, um, you know, what are the things that people can have around the house that can work? I mean, there are a lot of uh, different cures that are, um, will help build your immune system. 
and uh, so most of these are all available over the counter. I'm not going to give any medical advice. I'm not a doctor, but it's uh, but the idea is there are things that you can do to uh, improve your chances. But the key thing here is the fatality rate is he said 23 percent, and this is what he said: 23 percent for the released agent. The estimated fatality rate at age 66 is greater than 50%. It is expected to spread for a couple of years. Now, <laughs> the latest data I just saw today was from a professor who was in public health, Professor Eric Fagelding. He's, he was from Harvard and uh, also from NYU. He put out a paper the other day talking about, he, he, he highlighted a paper that someone had written that had not been peer reviewed yet, that showed SNPs of the AIDS virus included inside of this coronavirus. Now that immediately went into the memory hole. So he's obviously flying over the target there, but that's what's happening now is people, the researchers are starting to get pressure. But he did say that currently in Wuhan, the death rate is 6.5%. Now, <clears throat> if you understand how they lie about this, how they are taking everybody who has pneumonia that they got from this and saying it's just pneumonia, it's not this uh, coronavirus because they can't do the testing because they don't have enough test kits. And now all of a sudden, everyone is basing their data on the R0, which is the transmission rate and the death rate on fake data so it's that part of it is is quite scary the ccp did the same thing with sars they said it's nothing nothing happened and then in the end i don't know how many thousands of people died but it was a very bad one it had a very it had an even higher fatality rate than 6.5 percent so they're also using aids treatments now in china i'm hearing and these kind of treatments, you think about it, why would they give someone an AIDS treatment? Well, because obviously there's AIDS inside of this virus. They, they, they cut and pasted it into the virus. So that's the, uh, that's the long and short of it here, Dave. And the question then is, you know, who really did this? Did the Chinese do it? Did they do it on purpose? Was it an accident? Did somebody else do it? And they're trying to use the Chinese lab as a patsy? Well, those are questions we don't have answers to. I got some answers there. Um, that's interesting you, you, you'd say it that way. Let me talk about the AIDS uh, treatments they're using, though. One of the things that was explained to me by a virologist, he said that this makes sense to him. He says that there may not be AIDS pasted into it, like you said. He said there might be. He said, but what we know is that the AIDS treatments are causing people to manifest symptoms when they're asymptomatic but still spreading. And so bringing the symptoms out helps us to know how to treat this. He said, that's one thing I can say for sure. He said, as far as the conspiracy, they're putting AIDS in there. He said, it could be true. He said, but he doesn't have any proof that he's seen at this time. And you're saying that your sources are telling you definitively that the AIDS virus is in this? Well, this is one of these sources. That it's actually someone who's, who's pretty well known in, uh, in virology and public health on Twitter. And um, this is a person, it's a public source, actually. Okay. His name is Dr. Eric yeah. mm -hmm. Fagelding. Right. Right. And you can, anyone can go look him up. And he just mentioned today, and this is why you have to screenshot everything, because 
you know, people are people are saying public health people are furious with him that such groundless hand waving paranoia continually coming from someone coded as an expert. Now, doesn't this sound like the kind of thing that you and I get exposed? You know, the kind of treatment we get all the time. Oh yeah. When we yeah. tell when we tell people the truth. Mm -hmm. So so there's definitely there's definitely something here. I'm not saying it's suspicious or whatnot, but it's worth taking a look at and paying attention. There was also another researcher from India who also said the same thing. And my guess is that they're just stomping these people out as best they can. Uh, yes. In fact, YouTube announced today I had this policy read to me. I belong to a consortium on YouTube and the representative called me and, and uh, read to me a statement saying anyone spreading hysteria about the coronavirus will be terminated. Well, you know what? It's been declared a pandemic. That's hysterical on its face. Well, Dave, they missed the fact that it was a pandemic because they listened to the lies the CCP told them. That's the World Health Organization. They right. were duped. So the reality is now what's worse? Telling people to be prepared to wash their hands, to follow good hygiene, or to say, don't worry about it. You can touch anything and, and lick your fingers and uh, touch your eyes and your nose and whatnot, and you're gonna be just fine. What's the, wh where's the lie here? The lie is the people who don't want people to pay attention. That's really what it is. And it's the same kind of people who are in power right now who don't wanna lose the power, just like the CCP. I would agree. And uh, and has this been let loose? Well, Senator uh, Cotton has addressed this issue. I don't know if you saw this or not, but he came out and said he finds it highly suspicious that this virus emanated from the source of their only major chemical biological weapons lab in Wuhan. And, and I agree with the senator. I've said the same thing. If this came out of Fort Detrick and this is where the outbreak was, we'd be saying the same thing here. Exactly. <clears throat> but you have to keep in mind, you know, those kind of labs have been handling these things for, you know, decades. And, you know, that we know of, we haven't seen that kind of a problem in the U.S. But, you know, the Chinese, they cut corners on a lot of things. It's like, you know, you can tell just from the tools that you buy. If you buy a made in China tool, like a, one of the guys who works up at my ranch bought a bolt cutter. He was so proud. He saved money. He said, look, this thing only costs 60 bucks compared to the made in America one for, for um, $200. So he tried using it once and it broke. And that tells you that, you know, then he had to go out and buy an American made one. So really what we're dealing with here is a cultural difference of taking care of things and maintenance. And, you know, it comes from what we call the party culture. The party culture is, is, has basically destroyed the traditional morality in China. And that's because, as you know, and your listeners know, communism is against eternal truth. It's against all morality, and it replaces religion with communism. That's Karl Marx said that those almost exact words in chapter two of the Communist Manifesto. So those are the kind of people that you're dealing with. And you have to be a good judge of character to these people, because that is what, in the end, you're going to have to make a judgment that may you know, save lives or cost a lot of lives. And I think right now, I think the, the key thing that Americans can do is look at the way the Chinese are handling the situation now that the cow is out of the barn. 
the Chinese are not stupid people. There are a lot of very sharp people, a lot of very good people in China too, I might add, but there are some extremely bad ones there. They're the ones running the CCP. Those people, the, the ones who are the good ones, are saying, look, everyone's gonna die. You're gonna kill people. Well, what did they do? They literally locked down Wuhan, a city of 11 million people. And now I believe they're up to, I think, 60 or 70 million people who are basically under house arrest. And uh, I heard the other day the port of Qingdao, that's mostly shut down. They've, I heard that they'd, shopped, they'd stopped a lot of the shipping coming out of there. That's one of China's main, main shipping ports. It's also a big military uh, shipbuilding complex is there as well. So it's, you know, this is, it's gone right for the heart of China. Wuhan actually is a critical place in China. And, you know, people in Wuhan are a little bit more um, forward thinking compared to the, the hardened uh, Chinese communists. And that's another reason why I think they've just kind of let this thing go is they're figuring, well, these are people who are pretty much against the CCP anyway, like the people from Hong Kong. And uh -huh. that's, that's the other thing is that they will use this, you know, never let a crisis go to waste. And they'll, they'll use this in a, in a, as a chance to, uh, by the way, you know, those people, those kids that you saw rounded up on the trains from Hong Kong, I'm going to guarantee you they're going to end up in a crematorium somewhere in China. That's where they're headed. And they'll just be, they'll just say, well, they got the flu and we had to cremate them. Here are the ashes. Have a nice day. And that's how they deal with their, everything to them is political. And that's how they deal with their political enemies in their eyes. Interesting. You, you've raised a couple of really interesting points that I have already looked at. One of them has to do with what you talked about, about being a shut in that you're confined to your home. I had someone who's a senior federal law enforcement official, someone who I've interviewed on martial law and quarantine procedures. And I had leaked to me part of a document, uh, the part that was not classified, that went to the president by um, Gaynor, the acting director of FEMA, in which one of the recommendations will be to confine Americans into their home. So I always say you need food, water, guns, gold, ammo, medicine, and tools you know, to get through an initial wave of a crisis. And I'm sure you're agreeing with that now, too, because we're seeing shut-ins in China. Why should it be any different here? Well, they'll use the same playbook. We're basically dealing with, with a global phenomenon here. And, you know, if you want to go all the way over to the complete conspiracy theory, I call it the gold foil hat. It's beyond tinfoil. It's up to gold foil. <laughs> and uh, the gold foil hat model here is that, China is the patsy, right? Because most of these operations have a patsy. Who's the patsy? Well, the patsy is Wuhan 34, the lab there. They have <clears throat> some complete pl uh, plausible deniability because this lab stole the stuff from, from Canada. That's documented in public websites. You saw that they were, you know, a lot of that's been scrubbed now, but I have screen copies of a lot of that stuff too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and so that's part of it is that they were... They were, they were doing that. And then the other component to this is the, um, uh, the fact that when, when Wuhan sent this stuff out, the first stories that they came out with were, it's the bats, people are eating bats. Yeah. And then they take people on a video tour of the Wuhan wet market, which <clears throat> by the way, I've been to a lot of these kind of places in different parts of the world. This one, the video that I saw was quite honestly, 
stunning and eye-opening even for me and i thought i'd seen a lot of stuff i mean they had bats they had uh, bat soup they had rats on a stick people are eating rats they had uh, it was just any animal that you can imagine piles of snakes with their heads cut off um, and I've seen that before in China where they, you know, at dinner time, there are people out on the streets with snakes in cages selling the snake. Right. And I asked the guy I was with one time, I said, is that dinner? And he said, yep, dinner. So, you know, they have all this kind of thing. This is the, this was the original story that was rolled out, but now people are saying, well, wait a second, that doesn't quite make sense. But this germ lab, that's now pin the tail on the donkey, and it's, you know, Muhammad Atta all over again, right? Yeah. Now, who else has this, this kind of a weapon? Well, there are a limited number of players, right? And it could be the U.S., and it was stolen from the U.S., or maybe it was given to the Canadians and then stolen, and they, that's how they passed it to the Chinese, because then they had plausible deniability. Or it could be just the Chinese because the CCP is just so evil. That just sure seems to be the easiest one to uh, to accept at this point. I've got information on this that I think is related. And I'll try to make a long story short. Two days ago, I published an article in which I have an inside FBI source. And, and without going into great detail, they pointed me in the right direction to look about Seth Rich emails. And Seth Rich was looking into voter fraud against his buddy Bernie Sanders, and he found a whole lot more, which is why he was killed. The FBI is holding these 44,000-plus emails. Originally, the emails went to a guy named McFadden from WikiLeaks. He, too, is dead. This was investigated by a federal prosecutor in Florida named Wisenant. He was bludgeoned to death on the beach, and they called it a suicide. So all three of these men were killed. And what I was able to show from mainstream media sources that what those emails consisted of was linked to what this FBI agent told me. And what it was, they were Ukrainian arms deals involving the Clinton Foundation pay for play and one of the richest people in Ukraine. And they were using the Awan brothers and Debbie Wasserman Schultz who shared the same server as um, uh, Seth Rich. And they funneled the arms to uh, Pakistan and into Iran, uh, which is total treason. Uh, Hillary should be in prison for this. But this is also what I was told was that this person said, I don't have complete knowledge, but chemical weapons transfer to China followed a similar strategy, only it involved Canada. In other words, the Canadian thing was a setup and there's a strong communist Chinese presence in the Western part of Canada. And what I was told was, um, without getting a lot of detail, and I'm still looking for the detail so I can publish this, is that chemical weapons transfer technology went from uh, here to Ukraine to NATO, leaked to a third-party source that's a, um, an organization in California that we're not going to identify yet, but we will by the end of the month. And from there, it went to China uh, through, through Vancouver. And... Um, this is why, where they got this high tech. We can uh, accelerate mutations through activating 5G, for example. It's sensitive to frequency <clears throat> sounds. And uh, this is what I got on Wednesday. And I started to research it and boom, a lot of stuff fell into place. So when you say, uh, how did the Chinese get their stuff? You're right about the Canada part, but it ties back into people in the Democratic Party. And by the way, Chris, 
when the Awan brothers uh, left the United States after we failed to prosecute them, they had been on the payroll of 80 Democrats. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a really a pitiful situation. And I mean, that's just, <clears throat> it's shocking how cheap that kind of security breach is for somebody to buy somebody off. It's it's just, it's 30 shekels of silver all over again. Amen. But you know what, Chris, there's another part to this. If this comes to America in one-tenth of the virility that it is in China, this will set our economy back tremendously and hurt Trump's chances for re-election. So this is the Hodges hypothesis. And I'm just saying this is hypothesis based on what I already know. China doesn't mind killing millions of its own people. They have less malice to feed. And you're right, they're isolating people in certain sectors who are more progressive in their thinking and more of a threat to the Communist Party. They also would like to see Donald Trump out of office. If the economy falters, the Democrats have a fighting chance in the 2020 election. And this is why they, the Democrats want to bring it here. This is, according to some people I'm talking to, their doomsday weapon because all their other means to get Trump out have failed. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them at all. But it's, um, you know, when you start looking at what does it mean for the average person, because, you know, voting doesn't seem to make any difference anymore. It hasn't for a long time. Um, you know, the question is really, you know, if they if if let's say that, you know, who's who else is going to get elected? Bernie, he's going to have another heart attack. Right. Right. They'll make sure. Right. They'll make sure he has another heart attack. So I think the, the issue is really, I mean, you look at how he was swindled and cheated in California. He should have won California in 2016 in the primary. Correct. There were millions of ballots that were not counted in California. And they just said, uh, they waved the magic wand over to Hillary. Oh, she won. And that was it. And that is the question. So I think um, I tend to look more at the things that are not political. I tend to look at the... Um, the things of how people can protect themselves and stay out of harm's way. And I think the main the main concept right now is, you know, be prepared. It's like the Boy Scouts always said, be prepared. And it's a great motto. And what does that mean? Well, today, uh, if you don't have, you know, long-term food in your house, you're gonna, you could be in trouble. And the reason is because even if, let's say there's food on the shelf, if the virus comes here, and that's an if, it's not for sure yet, but I'd say it's a, you know, it's, it's a pretty much of an 80 or 90% certainty that it's gonna show up here, it already is, and it's being shipped over from China. Uh, in fact, I heard that there was a cargo container full of $1 bill, counterfeit US $1 bills coming from China that they stopped. Now, why would someone counterfeit $1 bills? You'd counterfeit hundreds or twenties or something like that. You wouldn't do ones, but it's not monetary. They can put stuff out. They can spray it with this stuff. It lasts for 28 days, and they they pack it up and throw it into the cargo container. That's that's one possibility. That just seemed a little odd to have one dollar bill counterfeits coming into the country. So uh, you know this is the thing that people are going to have to prepare with, and it, what's going to happen in in China. The government just shut things down. They brought in the army, they ringed the city, and they literally will shoot people if they try and come out. I've heard that. But I've also heard that people can come and go. But I think it's only probably if you're a party official. Uh, I was watching a video out of Wuhan, and people were walking down the street and just face planting, and they die right there. And it's like death was quick. 
And also when the, and this is like multiple cases, we probably saw a dozen people in a series of videos that had uh, collapsed on the street. And then here come the, the first responders. But also in some of these videos, you could hear gunshots in the background, clearly. Sure. Well, that's how they have to maintain control. I mean, the Communist Party, you know, the power comes out of a barrel of a gun. That's what Mao said. And it's true. They took everybody's guns away and they, you know, they immediately started rounding people up in waves. And everyone said, oh, good. It's not I'm not a landlord. So it didn't bother me that they went and killed two million landlords in 1950, whatever. You know, and I have a friend whose uncle was literally thrown off the roof of his six story apartment building he used to own. So this is how they deal with people, and they just they just did this thing through wave after wave after wave, and people just, you know, they didn't realize that you can't just let yourself get boiled like a frog. You've got to jump out of the pot and do something about it. And that's where I think the next topic is going to come here, is that when people start to realize what's happening, people are deadly afraid of something that is deadly, and this virus is something you can't see. It's probably worse than radiation because radiation doesn't move. Viruses move. They move with the living beings. So, you know, that's going to be the issue I think people are going to have. But right now, what's happening in China is that people are being basically told your family has to lock down in your home. You are not allowed to leave your home. They are going to continue to deliver, make sure that food is delivered, that utilities, so power and water, are delivered and trash service. And those are the only things that they're going to make sure that actually people have to show up to work on. And, you know, they'll, those people will be taken special care of, but everybody else is under lockdown in a lot of these other cities. So what does that mean? Well, it means that if you don't have food at home, you are going to have to go out and procure food. Now, let's assume that the money still works and all that. That's the next step that they kick the legs out of that stool. But for now, it's working. The problem is, who wants to go outside when it's like this? This is basically a scenario where you want to, you know, head up to the hills and lock the gate behind you and not have to come out. So that's really the, um, you know, that's the long and short of it. And you do not want to have to go to the hospital. There was a video in Wuhan of people waiting in line for nine hours to get admitted to a hospital. That was 300 people. <clears throat> now. The issue that they have with this with this disease is 20% of the people need support, need medical support. The rest of them, it's like a bad flu and they get over it. And by the way, you can catch it again too. They've now demonstrated that. They said, yeah, just because you caught it once doesn't mean you won't catch it the next time either. So this is something that's just really going to have to burn itself out. And my friend told me, he said it could go on for two years. That's how long this whole It's interesting you'd say the two-year figure because there was the study done by the Fertbright Institute of which uh, the Gates family was the far primary underwriter for funding. I think they funded it like to 190000 And out of that study, they studied uh, 18-month uh, projected scenario, 65 million deaths. Yep. Well, that might that might turn out to be low, but it could be it could be high too. We don't know. But the 18 months really caught my attention. Well, exactly. And then this thing is just going to keep rolling and spreading. You know, there's a whole world out there. And the good thing for the for the tropical climates is that the temperature, <clears throat> it does better in a cold climate. It lives longer in the wild in a colder climate than in a warmer climate. I was told that, too. 
So, you know, that's that's what it comes down to. You'll need gloves, mask, the N95 and N100 mask. There may still be some out there. I think most of them are, are gone now at this point. Um, you know, people who were on top of this about a week ago went out to Amazon and basically stocked up. I mean, you already have it. If you're a prepper, you already have N95 masks. Um, you know, I added some N100s. And, um, you know, I have enough extra for my neighbors <clears throat> because, you know, there are going to be a lot of people out there who do not have this and they can't get it. When are the masks going to come back in? April. Well, that's not going to help anybody. So what are those people going to do? They're going to have to just lock themselves at home. They're not going to be able to go out. You also need goggles because it can come in through your eye. Yes, so it's ocular. Yep. So you need a goggle that's like a chem lab goggle. And those are running around eight bucks on, um, you know, if you have any kind of goggles at all for painting and things like that, those are probably sufficient. And then gloves, you need like a uh, nitrile glove, not the latex gloves. And you can still get those on Amazon. They're not expensive. But things like when you go out to pump gas, don't touch anything. Just, you know, because someone else has it on their hands, they, hand, they put the gas pump into their tank, well, what are they doing? They're using their hand to do it, and they just wipe their nose right before. So that's how people are going to catch this. Yeah, you know what else along the, the those lines? Handrails, doorknobs, and toilet plungers. Anything. Toilet plungers, toilet seats. Um, it can be contained in fecal matter. Um, you know, it, that's, that's another issue here. And, um, you know, one of the things is that, you know, someone, well, I'm not going to say it on your radio show, but anyway, let's put it this way. It can, you can get these things, you know, a, a vapor cloud in a room, and these are all small particles. That's what these things ride on. So, <clears throat> you know, the other way, to, another thing to get is that UV light I was describing before, UVC light. But I think the key, con the key things are the, the personal protection items which are not that expensive and worth having around. And no matter what, even if this thing fizzles out and doesn't become anything. Uh, and of course, long-term storage prepared foods. And that's something, you know, I just tell people, I'm like, you know what, you need to have these in your house. Because the other thing that could happen is, <clears throat> think about what they did in Wuhan. Well, which cities are they going to have to quarantine first? Well, San Francisco, is probably very high up on the list, right? Because yeah. we have nonstop flight. We had nonstop flights from Wuhan, three a week. So you can imagine those things have been coming in for the last eight weeks. You got 24 flights, probably two or 300 people on a plane. Say it's 200. <clears throat> That's a lot of people. What percentage are infected? Okay, let's just say it's one percent. Let's say it's a half a percent. Still, it's a problem. And, you know, where do those people go? They go out to restaurants. They, um, you know, some of them work in different places and they're around, you know, in close proximity with colleagues. So it's going to be, it's a real, you know, this is a real epidemiologist nightmare. Yeah. And the one thing I said when this first started, that we have to hope that when this mutates to second generation, that the transmissibility rate goes down. And that's not what we're seeing, is it? Not yet, but I honestly don't think there's enough data. I think the data, um, somebody knows inside of China what the actual data is. And I mean, it could be to the point where there are 100,000 people that they've just cremated. 
there's a there's a, a billionaire, a Chinese billionaire who fled China with his money. He's in the U.S. now, I believe. His last name is Guo, G-U-O. And you can find him on YouTube. And he, um, he basically said the three best businesses in China this year are prisons, crematoria, and cemeteries. <laughs> That's what he said. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. So the whole thing is just, it's just crazy what's happening there now. And I feel so sorry for the Chinese people because, you know, <clears throat> most of them don't want this, this communism. They're oh, forced the, to have hate it. I, I've, I've seen people risking their lives going on YouTube from Wuhan, and they have been very critical of their government, very critical. Well, this is the kind of thing that, uh, you know, the Chinese actually believe these kind of things are superstitious and that regimes will last an average of 70 years long in China. And guess what anniversary the Chinese yeah. Communist Party celebrated this last year? 70. So there's the, the, the thought is in these people's minds that this thing is going to come to an end. And, um, you know, Chinese people are very tolerant people. They're, they're great people. I have so many friends who are Chinese. And, you know, the ones who are the communists are, of course, terrible people. But they're the ones who are damaging everything. They're changing the culture. They've destroyed the original culture of China. You think about there's another video out where people are literally being having their inside of their apartment and people are boarding up the apartment from the outside. There's this video, someone knocks on the door and the person inside answers. <clears throat> and I can't understand what they're saying in Chinese, but it's probably not pretty. It's like, we think you have this virus and we're boarding you in. So they, they literally board it up so the people cannot get out of their apartment. Now, if you think about it, if you have a neighbor in your apartment building who is ill, here people would say, well, okay, maybe they have this contagious disease. Let's, let's slide a bowl of chicken soup under the door to try and help this person out. That is, the, that is a difference between people who are Christian and other good people who want to help others first, who consider other people first. That is the opposite of the Chinese party culture. That's what your listeners need to pay the most attention to. And this goes all the way down through the people who make the bolt cutters that are defective, the people who make all the clothes and things like that that literally fall apart as soon as you put them on once. These kinds of shoddy products and things like this, now they have you know, made some strides in terms of improving things in China too, but you still have the same attitude. And it's not looking out for your fellow man. It's, you know, looking out for number one is all it's about. And they don't care who gets hurt and how. As long as power is maintained. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think in many ways, this is the end of the Communist Party. Um, I, I, I th you know, how far does this have to spread till people will say no more? I don't know. But this is the best chance ever if there's a silver lining to get rid of the Communist Party in China. Exactly. Well, it's, you know, a lot of Chinese will tell you they think it's predestined. And, um, you know, it could be, you know, it could be a matter. You look at how fast things fell in, uh, in Russia, you know, when the, when the Communist Party fell in Russia. It was about three days. 
you know, Berlin Wall came down and literally three days later, that was kind of the end of it. And the same thing could happen in China. It could literally just be a matter of days when all of a sudden, you know, the army just wakes up and realizes, you know, these people are just terrible and they're destroying everybody. And these are, they're destroying their family members. You know, they're destroying their friends and the, the good people who are still left in China. So someone will step in to do something, and uh, and I think that's I think you're right, Dave. I'm hoping that it's the end of the CCP. Well, the way I could see it going down, it's kind of the Katrina model. How long will the first responders, in this case the military, stay on the job when they got family members that are being decimated? In Katrina, it was three to four days. Do you think we'll see a similar effect in China if this virus continues to spread? Well. Yes, but you also have to remember that people in the U.S. tend to have a little bit more of an independent point of view. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, and that's, you know, we, we, we fought a revolutionary war to overthrow the, um, you know, the oppression of a, of a colony power, right? And that's, that's the thing, you know, China has just been beaten down so much, but I do think people do reach a breaking point, and at some point they just have to start thinking and asking themselves, wait a second. And my belief is that there is a tank ban in every town in China. Remember from Tiananmen Square, yeah, that, that well. brave person who stood in front of the tank? And guess what? The person driving the tank did not run over him, right? That's, That's nice. all it takes is a few good people. That's all it ever takes. So yeah. I'm actually very hopeful that it can be, you know, the example of, uh, and look at what happened in the U.S. with in Virginia, right? Everyone was saying, oh, this thing could be a bloodbath. They're going to get this thing going. They're going to do all these things. Calmer heads prevailed. Cooler heads prevailed. And these are people who are the good people of the country. They don't want to fight, but they will fight if they have to. If they're not given any choice, they will fight. But they know that they don't have to fight. If you don't have to fight, don't fight. You can still win. And you look at the Falun Gong in China in 1999, in, in uh, April, on April 25th, before they started the persecution, which began in July, the 10,000 practitioners, and this is before cell phones were widely available in China, 10,000 people just showed up at Zhongnanhai, which is the leadership compound in China. And they just stood there. They didn't carry any signs. They just stood there quietly in line outside this leadership compound. And the line went for blocks and blocks. 10,000 people is a lot of people. It shocked the leadership. But they realized that these were good people. And they were trying to do what they were supposed to do, which is not have a revolution. They don't have any guns anyway. And they don't have any weapons. And they would, they're nonviolent. They would never do it. They just wanted to inform the leadership that what was happening was not right. And the leadership actually agreed, but then Jiang Zemin was the one who overruled it and started the persecution. Now, that kind of model eventually always wins. It always wins. It doesn't win right away sometimes, but it will always win in the long run. It does. Because and it is... Truth, compassion, tolerance is always winning over evil. Chris, this has been a fascinating interview, and, and I want you to feel free to follow up with me, and we could do a part two. But we are flat out of time, my friend, so we have to call it a night. And uh, to everybody, thanks for tuning in and joining us with Chris Kitsy. And Chris, great job, my friend. Thanks for joining us. 
Thanks for having me, Dave, and good luck to your audience and wishing everybody the best. There's a saying that uh, Falun Gong practitioners have, Falun Dafa Hao. It, it's something that can protect people, they believe. And so when people in China are you know, deathly ill, they recite that and that protects them. That's what people believe. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye.